Hello, my name's Bert, yeah? And I want to welcome you to the Productive and Activity Podcast. Productive and... Right? Productive... Okay, cool. Okay, look at this. Well, basically, we're going to be exploring the third side of the coin, yeah? Getting real familiar with the things of the world. And basically talking a whole bunch of crap about them. And, uh, hopefully you don't get your knickers in a bunch. Well, without any further ado, here's your host, Wayne Steven. Wayne Steven what? Two first names? That's ridiculous. Anyways, here's your host, Wayne Steven, Mr. Two First Names. Welcome to the Productive Inactivity Podcast. This is your host, Wayne Steven. Thank you guys for tuning in today. So, I used to work, just to get right into it, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to bore you guys with any kind of weird, like, lead-in, fake, introductory, warm-up kind of deal. I just want to get right into it, even though I just did that by saying I don't want to do that. I used to work at this vacation club. And at the vacation club, like, every day, like, I started out on the sales floor. So I was a salesman. I worked on all commission, which the split was really, really sweet. Like when I had a good week, I was making a bunch of money. I can't even remember how much. It was so much that I had never made that much money ever again because I foolishly dealt with it. Um, And I'm a firm believer that if you don't deal well with a lot, it gets taken away. So now you got to learn how to live with a very little um, by comparison to the money I was making then. So... Every day, our manager, supervisor, whatever you want to call them, like we would have this like pre-sales day meeting. You know, he would talk about some stuff and then he would get into his like hit the like right before we go out on the sales floor. um, He would he'd be like, now, hold on. First of all, let me not jump ahead of this. He was a very, very Hispanic man, like super duper macho. He dressed like Ricky Ricardo for real. I'm not even going. I'm not even going attempt to act like I'm not gonna address this stereotype. He dressed like Ricky Ricardo. Very nice suits. His hair was very well coiffed. It was nice. He had a thick accent, which I'm not gonna disrespect and do it right now. Although, if I was in the privacy of family and friends, I would do it. But I'm not gonna do it right now because I don't want to offend anybody with that kind of behavior. Um, <laughs> so saying that to say. He would, he, we would, you know, he would start off with this, I believe. And then we would say, I believe. And he was like, I'm the best. And we're going to do it right now, right now, right now. And it was like this pre-game warm-up hype situation. Some days, it was very effective. Some days, it was very effective. Some days, eh, not so much. But in, in, in the hopes of sparking some motivation into his troops, so to speak, that's what he did to get us ready for the sales day. So, you know, in in remembering that, the reason I I tell that story is because a lot of people, when they heard I was doing a podcast, they got super excited because, you know, I I guess I have this Facebook presence had, I don't know how, whatever tense you want to put it in, this Facebook presence where I appeared to be inspirational and motivational, which I'm not going to say I wasn't. But I don't necessarily care for that label only because of the stigmas I've attached to it. And the reason I've attached stigmas to the motivational speaker um, label is because I feel like 
that is one of the industries that has become very watered down and cheesy. Like I have an underappreciation now for motivational speaking. Uh, people will now become confused because they say, Wayne, you know, don't you motivationally speak? No, I do not. I do not motivationally speak. I speak truths of my experiences into people's lives and whatever they glean from that and use it to grow is on them. That is a very long title for what it is that I do. I get it. It's not a pretty little package that I could, you know, write a book about, but I don't want to get ahead of that. So I don't really like the motivational speaking label. I got called a motivator the other day and I kind of shied away from it. And this person was like, oh, don't ignore your calling. And it kind of, you know, I appreciated it for what it was when I heard it. But at the same time, I'm going to call it distaste. I'm going to go as far as to call it distaste. I have a distaste for motivational speaking and what I feel it's become. Uh, reason being, number one, like I said, it, it seems very cheesy to me now. And the reason I feel that way is because I've watched a, a few speakers speak in my, in my time. And very few of them, if any of them, have ever left me with more information than I had prior to seeing and listening to them. Now, maybe I'm just one of those people who don't need extra motivation because I give myself psychological and emotional pull-ups on a like minute to minute basis just because sometimes that's how often we need them. But I just, I don't, I don't feel as though that type of speaking grabs me for a couple of reasons. One, I have to believe your story. I have to believe your story. If your story doesn't resonate with me and I feel like there might be some falsification in your story or you're intentionally speaking vaguely about your story so that you could somehow make it relate to all peoples, I can't get with that. And the reason I can't get with that is because when I talk, I speak very transparently, very candidly, very as a matter of fact, and I'm very open about the things that I've experienced. So when I hear someone, you know, let, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example, because I'm not trying to lead you guys on. I want to give you guys good, solid examples. When I hear somebody say, one day I looked at the bills and they were piling up. And then I looked over next to my wife and she was sleeping. And in that moment, I had decided that I had enough. No crap you had enough. Like that's life. Like there's people I know that go through that. So it's not like, oh, you had this epiphany just because there were bills stacking up and you looked at your spouse and you put the two together and then became fed up. Like, I don't, I don't like that because that's something that everybody can relate to and everybody would say yes to that. Nobody would be like, nope, can't relate. Why did I even come to this uh, motivational speaker? He's talking about bills stacking up and looking at your spouse and being fed up. Never had that feeling before. And I, I gotta say, like for somebody who speaks from the heart so often, I can't tolerate when I feel like somebody is talking just to potentially sell me something. 
Like I don't need to be hooked. I don't I don't talk with a hook. I don't like people talking to me with a hook. Like if you're gonna talk to me, if you're gonna ask me a question, or you're gonna ask me to join your little organization, or whatever you're gonna do, I would rather somebody just flat out ask me. Like I don't want the song and dance, cause I'm not a song and dance person. I don't know how to be a song and dance person, which is why I was never any good at my sales job at the, at the, at the vacation club. I made money, but I'm not gonna say I was good at selling anything. It just happened to be the day that that person wanted to spend an over exorbitant amount of money on something that they could have possibly done themselves. So when I think about uh, motivational speaking, I have this, I'm always wary. You know what I mean? Like I've heard speakers speak, speakers that I know like their background, right? And I've heard them tell stories about their situations and in my mind, I'm like, you just literally told a trumped up story about what you went through to make it seem more dire. Like, don't tell me you were homeless for a time. And now people are like, oh man, that person was homeless for a time. But really what that meant was like the house you were staying in, you had to get it renovated or something. And you had to go stay at a hotel. So technically you were homeless, but you leave that part out. Like, I feel like there's a lot of lies that go into the motivational speaking realm. And I'm not trying to, you know, knock anybody's hustle, but I personally don't see myself as somebody who feel comfortable deceiving just so I can tell somebody, Hey, I did this thing and you can too. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. So with that said, you know, I look at, you know, a lot of people, again, they, they find themselves really, really shocked that I don't motivational speak. Actually, I had a friend, you know, Michael Peoples, shout out to him again. Like, I always shout him out because me and him, we, um, we do a lot of, we do a lot of brainstorming with one another about the things that we want to do with our voices. So... Having said that, you know, I remember me and him having a conversation. He was like, man, like your voice is so powerful. You know, you, you could use it, you know, for, for the benefit of people who are struggling with certain things. And I said, Mike, like my brand of real isn't for everybody. Like my style of speaking isn't for everybody. I'm a solutions-based individual. I, you know, the problem is two sentences long. The solution is seven sentences long. Once I present the solution, after you presented me the problem, we're done here. And that's just my style. I don't want to song and dance. I don't, I want you to take the solution that's been presented and apply it to your life. And then we'll see that problem begin to disappear or at least dissipate to a degree where now you can function in and around it until it's gone from your life completely. But a lot of people don't want that brand of real. They want the brand of real that involves you, you know, serenading them uh, in, in, a, in a way. Like, I don't have time to serenade you. I don't have time to rock you to sleep. Like, I come from the school of hard knocks. And I literally mean that. Like, I have lived a life that has shown me lesson after lesson, time after time. And I've learned from it. I don't take, you will very rarely, very rarely see me make the same mistake twice 
only because I've learned from the mistake. That's where the growth occurs. But you get people who have this broken Lego syndrome. And what I mean by broken Lego syndrome is you ever help a kid put like a Lego castle together and you're sitting there with them and you're taking the time when you could be doing something else and you're putting things together piece by piece and you're so proud of the fact that you're helping this person learn how to build this Lego castle. You get up, you walk away and you hear one whole side of the Lego castle fall and you come back and they're looking at you like, I don't know what happened. So now you're helping them rebuild it. But this time you don't have as much vigor as you had in the beginning when you first, first helped them because now you're frustrated. So like you kind of step back a little bit as you're helping them to see if they've learned from you helping them build that side of the Lego wall. And then, you know, you're watching them and they're not necessarily putting it together because they were not necessarily paying attention to you as you were helping them build it the first time because you weren't helping them build it the first time, you were building it, you didn't enable them. To me, that's where my difference between what I see in certain speakers and what I am as a speaker differ. I'm not trying to build the wall for you. I am trying to give you the tools as I'm speaking to build the wall yourself so that I never have to come back and help you build it again because you already have the instructions. If the wall isn't built, that's because of you. But a lot of speakers don't speak from that standpoint. They speak from the, I'll always be by your side to help you to build this thing. And man, ain't nobody got time for that. Nobody has time for that. I don't even have time for that with my own daughter. I give her instructions to move with. A lot of people will take that parenting style as very harsh and, and abrupt. But I'm raising a young lady to become a woman who will eventually have children of her own to raise. So that will be carried on with her. If I enable her and never teach her to build a wall on her own, she'll be fumbling around breaking walls all the time. And so will my grandkids. Ain't nobody got time for that neither. And that's just who I am. That's just who I am. I'm very empathetic, but at the same time, I'm not some sort of sob sister who's going to sit there and help you bemoan and bewail your problems. That's that's absurd. How That's not productive. That is not productive at all. You know, <clears throat> the other thing I've actually learned is as much as people say they want motivation, they don't really want it. They really don't. And, and the reason I say that is because maybe my own personal experiences have kind of soured me but i watch a lot of people post you know motivational videos and you know they're inspiring people they want to inspire people to you know get up and do the thing and you know they might get some likes they might get some you know 100 percent emojis under their little you know whatever but over time, you'll begin to notice that people get tired of hearing that from you. And then when you stop doing it and you switch modes and start speaking certain truths, all of a sudden people want to message you like, oh, you should get back to that motivational stuff you do. Get back to inspiring people. We live in a world where we need all the motivation we can get. We're as divided as a people as, we, as we've ever been. 
but like a week ago, you wanted me to shut up. So people really don't want motivation. They just don't want the harshness of the world. They want to use your messages of inspiration and quote unquote motivation to kind of break the monotony of what it is they hear, see, and do. And then when you when when your breaking up of the monotony becomes monotonous to them, they'll begin to take it for granted. And you know, they'll begin to shut you off just like they do with the things that have become monotonous to them. You become a part of their cycle. Like people don't want motivation. They just they want you to fit in to their line of programming. Like, oh, I'm gonna watch some sports videos, see what LeBron's up to. Oh, I'm gonna, you know, check Fox News. Oh, now I'm depressed. Man, where's Wayne's motivational videos? I could really use some of that right now. So now you become a, you become the entertainment. And that's really what people want. They want to use what you do as a cycle of their entertainment. It's like you are now on their playlist. But realistically, they're not invested in you as the speaker. They're invested in what it does for them until it doesn't do that anymore. And I'm not in that business. I'm really not in that business of songing and dancing for people. I would rather keep it super duper real and have somebody be like, you know what? Yes, I completely understand that. That is the kind of real that I wanted and the kind of real that I need to move forward in life. But that's, you know, that's just people, man. People are fickle. You know what I mean? Like adults are very fickle. That's why I don't channel my message to adults. I channel my message to the whoever, like the generation under me, like maybe like 30 to 24, like that's my range. You know what I mean? Like there are people above that who hear me because that's what they want. But for the most part, I'm aiming my messages towards those who are trying to figure life out. And people who are, you know, they go through things, but they need to know somebody who's gone through stuff and is willing to tell their story to help them out of that spot so that they can get to the level that I'm at as far as understanding what the trials and tribulations of life are supposed to offer you as a means of improving your approaches to those trials and tribulations. So, and what I've come to notice is most adults, they think they have it figured out, but some of the most broken people I know are people my age because they came up not knowing. But when you try to tell them and you try to give them some advice and you try to inspire them with some information and you try to motivate them, you know, with some, you can do this because of this, they take your information, look like they're happy to receive it, but they throw it in the trash and there's never any improvement. That's another thing. I'm not about to take information that I've lived knowing that my conditions that I've lived under during the times that I'm explaining to people have literally almost killed me and have you treat them like refuse and toss them to the side. I don't have time for that. So you're now no longer on my target list of I'm trying to talk to you. Now I'm not trying to talk to you. And that's why I, I, that's another reason why I don't necessarily do motivation because adults think they know it all and they really don't know anything. Like this, this right now, the smartest people walking around are that 24 to 30 age group because they live now granted you know a lot of older folks might be like oh they just google everything blah 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 well that's okay they're also open to new information and any new information you can add to their google searches with real life experience they now become just as intelligent in that specific subject as you 
because now they've listened to somebody who has real life experience on top of their Google search and now they can measure and weigh the information they have. They can put it together and formulate an actual final thought on it and continue to grow from there. I just, I don't have, I don't have time for closed minded adults. That was the moral of that particular story. My biggest thing, and I'm not going to talk you guys here off for much longer. Motivational speakers will tell you their pain point and them coming out of it, but will leave the process they went through out just so you can buy their book. I don't believe in that. If I tell you a story that involved me almost killing myself and then realizing that my life had a different calling on it, I'm gonna tell you everything that happened after that. I'm gonna tell you about the depression. I'm gonna tell you about the ups and downs. I'm gonna tell you about fighting the addictions. I'm gonna tell you about the struggles and me losing family and friends because of the toxic life that I live. I'm gonna tell you all of that. And then I'm gonna tell you what happened at the end. So you can understand and get a clear picture that I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm trying to tell you a truth about what happens when you make a decision to not live a certain life anymore. There are steps and those steps are hard. Most speakers do not do that because they tell you, oh, and then I did this and I was fed up and I, and then I was victorious. The middle parts in my book, $34.99 on Amazon, help a brother out. Get out of here. Are you serious? Like it feels like creepy and gross. Like I, I, I just, I, I can't, that is not my style. My style is not creepy and gross. I'm not gonna lie, my style is real and abrupt. And sometimes it's abrasive to people who aren't ready for that. I don't mean to be abrasive. What I do mean is for what I'm saying to be taken seriously because I seriously lived it. And I want you to feel what I'm saying as, as genuine. Because if I come across as disingenuous, which many motivational speakers do for me, they come across as very disingenuous. I am immediately turned off and I don't want anyone to ever be turned off by anything that I'm saying. If my abruptness and my, as a matter of fact, tone of voice turns you off, then I'm not what you're looking for. And I am totally okay with that. But one thing you will never say about Wayne Steven is that I lied to you. And that's that. And that's why I don't do motivation. Um, shout out to anybody I know who does. I guess. I guess I got to say that so I don't hurt their feelings. But that's the fact of the matter. Shout out to anybody that I know who does motivational speaking. Keep doing what you're doing. The world's a better place with you. Hopefully you're doing it with integrity. Because if you're not doing it with integrity, I'm talking about you then. I love you. But step your integrity game up. That's all. You can catch me on all my social media, Productive Inactivity on Instagram, Twitter, Podbean, iTunes, SoundCloud. I'm actually on this app called Station Head now. I got a dope playlist up if you like music, because I'm all about music. I'm probably going to talk about music on my next podcast episode. Um, outside of that, this is your host, Wayne Steven with the Productive Inactivity Podcast. Yes, sir.